0: How many people have been joining the uh, Keep Your Love On? A little bit biting in some places. A little bit biting. It's good though. It's fantastic. Really do want to welcome you all here this morning. And um, I pray this morning you've been just blessed by the worship. It's just been fantastic. And I believe we're in a fantastic season in the church right now. And uh, one of the things we've been preaching on is the faith to grow. Faith. To grow. And uh, I believe that we all, always need to be in a place where we're consistently growing, we're consistently exercising our faith uh, to keep moving and growing and, and, and developing ourselves. This morning, I just want to uh, kind of want to start off and, and open something this morning that I want to kind of continue on that's, that's connected that to that, that will help us grow in faith. It's one of the core elements, I believe, that help us grow in faith. It's one of the core elements, uh, core values of, of who we are as a Christian. But Sometimes we often move away from that and uh, so this morning, I just want to start to pick that up and help me. Something that God has been speaking to me about and just reminding me of. And uh, so we just want to pick that up again this morning. One of the things we know that God is bringing us, always wants to bring us into a place. I, know what, I love what Paul said in uh, Philippians chapter 3. He talked about, um, uh, he said uh, in verse 4, Though I have confidence in the flesh, I might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I have more so. It was a pretty out there statement, isn't it? You think you're pretty confident about what you've got in your life? My life is better. <laughs> but if anyone thinks, so he talks about in verse 5 about how his status in life, concerning zeal and his right, right tribe and had everything together, and... Uh, Verse 7, he says, but what things were gained to me, were gained, I thought they were important in my life, they, they were gained, I thought it was, they were gained in my life, they were things to help me go forward and develop my life. He said, what things were gained to me, these things I've counted lost for Christ. Indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ my Lord, for whom... I have suffered the loss of all things. And count them as rubbish, that I may win Christ. That I may win Christ. If Christ can be won, it's possible then he could also be lost. That I may win Christ. When you win something, it's a prize. It's it's an achievement. It's, It's an incredible thing. So here Paul is talking about that I may win Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but through faith in Christ, the righteousness that which is from God by faith, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Verse 12, not that I have already attained that or that I'm already perfected, but I press on that I lay a hold of that which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing that I do, I forget the past. Some past should be forgotten. (laughs) Yeah. Don't you talk to me about my past. Forget those things which are behind and reaching forward. So I'm going to reach forward this morning. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. You know, there's some good things ahead for you. There's some good things ahead for us. In fact, there's some great things. God's got some great things ahead for you. I press forward, I press towards the goal. Everyone say the goal. For the prize of the upward call. Someone say upward call. Upward call. Of God in Christ Jesus. I'm wondering what's going through Paul's mind at this time. It must be something incredible going on. You know, there is a, an upward call. God calls us upwards, not downwards. God is calling you a, as an individual, and us together as a church, he is calling us upwards. There is a goal. There is a, there is a place to be one. There is something that you can achieve. There is something that you can attain to, something which is far greater than anything in the world could possibly ever, ever offer. You think about this for a minute. Paul is reflecting on his prior life. He, his, his status in life was very, very high. He, he didn't hold back in coming forward and saying that he had a God's good status. He said, if you think you're a pretty good life, mine was better. However, he's writing this while he's in, uh, while he's in prison. How about that? He's writing, he's remembering his former life, but yet he's, he's better, he's feel good inside of himself, he's, he's, even, like, even like he's in jail, he's, he feels like he's on the way to attaining something in Christ. It's quite an interesting perspective that for, for many of us, all of us have a goal in life, many of us have, have goals or aspirations. Paul had a goal, Paul had a goal to be a powerful man, obviously. All of us have goals that we're trying to to achieve in life. So Paul's goal was the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That has got to be the ultimate call, the ultimate goal that we could ever, ever attain to. See, God has got a place for you. One of the things that we find in life is all of us have particular goals or aspirations for parts of our life, but a lot of the times we find that those places are either material, the feeble, the fickle. But God's got something so much greater. So how is he going to get to this goal? And one of the things that we find is people do and say things and they have all sorts of interesting ways in order to attain their goals in life. I wonder what sort of goals that you'll have in your life. Maybe it's a financial goal. It's a good goal. Maybe it's a spiritual goal or somewhere where you are now and where you want to be in your life where you are now, and where you want to be. And there's a gap in between. How do you get from where you are now to where you want to be? In the earthly realm here, I mean, we do have earthly goals. You know, We've Goal to pay off your house. You've got a goal to develop your marriage. I, I love what the... Uh, what, uh, keep your love on. He said, what's the goal of your marriage? Oh. I don't... Uh. came to a point where it's intimacy. So everything has a goal somewhere. And uh, so I wonder what your goals are. And the question is, how do you achieve that? The answer, I believe, here was in Paul's statement. He said, one thing I do, I forget which is behind. And and some people take this out of context. It's like, just completely erase it from memory. Uh, Maybe. Maybe there's some things that should be just completely erased. But actually, one of the things he was talking to. I believe he's talking about is in order to have faith to achieve a goal, there is something, I'm just kind of going to unpack a little bit this morning. There's some qualities, there's something that can produce faith in our life. In order to get to his goal, he had to what, let go of something, didn't he? One of the things we find in life is for, for many of us as Christians, we want to get somewhere in life, we want to get somewhere in God, we want to get somewhere in ministry. We want to get somewhere in our finances. We want to get somewhere in our relationships. it's how we get there. And often the way of the world is this, that you just take, 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 and that you just do do whatever it takes to get to where you need to go. Paul's saying here, he's connecting the upward call of Christ, but he's letting something go. So by faith, he's going forward, but in order to move forward, he has to let something go this way. And that this is the thing about faith, is that for us to inherit, for us to get what God has, it does mean to let go of some things. And therein lies the challenge. Therein lies the challenge. I love what the guy said about, um, you know, even about intimacy, about keeping your love on. Sometimes when you're apart, how do you come back together and come towards back to intimacy? You don't assert your right. You don't assert your dominance as the... It's just going to end up in tears. But there is a way to be able to come back. I love what Jesus said and, um, when Jesus first started his ministry in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and he starts to talk about the Beatitudes. And one of the things he says, he says, Blessed are the meek for what they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. You know, this morning... I just felt the Holy Spirit wants to give you an inheritance this morning. There's an inheritance for you. Inherit the earth. I love that idea. Bless the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I don't know. I mean, is anyone here not like an inheritance? What's well, an inheritance. It's kind of like, you know, I've got something for you. And when it comes to reading out the world, and it's like, what's been left? It's something that I haven't had to earn. Somebody else earned it. Somebody else attained it. And all I have to do is just receive it. Amen. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. There are things in life here on earth. There are things in life in the Spirit. There are places that are yours for inheritance. Some for inheritance, some to be one. So how do you get it? How do we get? This inheritance that God has for us—you could just go and take it. The Bible says here: He says, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." And therein lies a bit of a conundrum, because weak, for many of people, means weak. For some people, they think in order to attain a status in life or attain their goal, whatever that is. We have to use a dominant force, and if we use a dominant force, we can, we can overcome and we can take it. I love what Pastor Mike preached the other day about the warrior spirit. God has given us a warrior spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that we need to cultivate in our lives. But however, there's also another spirit too that is just as strong and just as powerful. And that is to be meek. The meek shall inherit the earth. One of the things I want to just... So just as a, this is a promise that Jesus has given. Blessed are the meek, for they are going to inherit the earth. So there are inheritance for, for you, both in the earth and in the spirit. However, this just want to just talk about the idea of, uh, about meekness, for example. So there are two components that really come into play about meekness. How, uh, if God has an inheritance for me on earth, and he's promised that the meek will inherit that, then what does it mean to be meek? And how do I get that in my life? Because if that's a promise from God, then I want to have meekness in my life. <laughs> if I want to inherit the promises of God, I want to have meekness in my life. But one of the things I just want to help us this morning is just shape about what meekness is and how do we get and how do we build this value into our life because it must be such a powerful thing. So one of the an essential component for meekness to happen is I believe it must take conflict. In order for meekness to be meekness, in order for you to be meek, there has to be a situation or a circumstance that is created in order for this value to be cultivated. You don't I, I just don't believe that somebody is just is just meek. You just it is a value that you don't just have, it's something that you need to cultivate inside of your life. And one of the things I know personally is that some of the most powerful people I know in the world, in fact, I don't know, if I, there's not a personal person that I personally know in the world who's very, very powerful that is not meek. And so if meekness is weakness, then something is, is amiss here. Actually, meekness is something that's very, very powerful. So a conflict in which an un- individual is unable to or control their influence or circumstances. Sometimes when we find ourselves in a place of conflict, whether it's a relational conflict, there's a conflict between where we are and where we hope to be, wherever that is in life. Often in our life, we find ourselves in places of conflict. How many people you've never faced a conflict Ever. Ever. It's inevitable. You are going to face conflict, wherever that is, whether it's in your marriage, whether it's in your relationships, wherever that is, whether it's responding to the call of God, because you know, when God calls you, it sometimes, in fact, most of the times, it means you have to let go of something, and often that something that you have to let go of is very, very nice. You all know what I'm talking about. When God calls you into something, most of the time, In fact, my experience is you have to let go of something. Therein lies the conflict. For you to resolve an interpersonal conflict, somebody at some point has to give. Otherwise, what happens? It escalates. So meekness, I believe, is developed in times of conflict. So our typical human responses to such circumstances include frustration, Bitterness and anger. There's probably a whole pile of other things as well. But often you'll find when, when you're in a place of conflict, when you're in a place where, where you want to go and where the other person wants to go, it's a conflict. And either that conflict either moves forward into uh, a strengthening of relationships and, and, a, and, a, and a depth, or it moves into a separation of relationships. So one of the things we find is, I don't know about you, but for me personally, when I'm in a place of conflict, <laughs> my natural response often, it can frustrate me. It can, I can allow bitterness to get inside of my heart. But when we are guided by the Holy Spirit, something else is cultivated in our life. How many people, you know, you've experienced a conflict and you've been frustrated in that. I mean, it's, it's part of, it's, it's a disposition that we have. So meekness, therefore, is an act of choice. It's not something that just automatically happens in our life. It's a deliberate choice that you and I have got to make and consistently make on a regular basis. And to do that, it takes strength. The goal, the result of that is that we can inherit something. That's a positive thing. That's a bit of inspiration for you. So meekness is not a resignation to fate. It's not a passive or reluctant submission. It's, it's none of that. It can look like that, but it's not that. They look the same, but they're quite different. Meekness, I believe, is this. It comes from a yielding spirit. And the definition I put down today is it represents having the right of way, but not insisting on it having the right of way, but not insisting on it. I'm going to unpack this over the, little, over the next few weeks, and I'm just going to move a little bit slow on it because I believe it's, it's something, it is it's something. a critical key for you and I to grow in faith. And if we can capture this, I can tell you, God can do such amazing things in your relationship and in our lives. In order to develop weakness, in order to develop meekness, we must need, we must develop what I believe is, is a spirit that is willing to yield. Willing to yield. This morning, I really want to just, just touch on this, and we're going to pick it up over the, over the next few weeks. But James 3 talks about uh, wisdom that comes from above and wisdom that is demonic. One of the ones of, uh, one of the demonic wisdom is self-centered and a bunch of other things. But the wisdom that comes from above, in other words, the wisdom that comes from God one of the core attributes that it has is that it's willing to yield. Willing to yield. Therein lies the challenge. Because we don't want to do that. Uh, willing to yield. It is a value, it is a state of spiritual, it's a state of our soul. To yield means to to give up right of way. To give way or to give influence or entreaty. To give place to precedence or to surrender to a superior power. To move in order to make room. Now in a part of our life, we have, you know, we're made up of a body. We have a body. and We have a soul and a spirit. And part of our soul, we have what's called our will. This is where we get the willingness to yield. Willingness to yield. Why? It's willingness because it's a part of our soul. It's part of in our heart that we. It's either a state that we are in, or we're not. We either need to develop it and build it, or we already have it and need to start to increasing on it. So one of the things that you'll find is that our lives are a result largely of our choices. So all of us have the the power of choice. You can choose whether you're going to go this way or you're going to choose that way. All of us have a choice. We can choose a, a course of action in a particular way. So, if you have a, a marriage, you're married, and you have a, a conflict, you have something going on there, you choose your course of action and you make a choice, and it will influence the outcome. You choose how you spend your money, you choose how you relate, you choose where you direct your time and your resources to, you direct, you choose where you're going to put your heart. So the faculty in which creates that is called our will. Right? It's quite our will. So in our, in our life, we have you know, our emotions, we have affections, things that our hearts get set onto. We have ways of thinking or our beliefs. We have physical senses in our body. We have a spirit and there are circumstances around us. All of those components, all those influences come to the place to the faculty of our will our will is like the gatekeeper that makes the decisions and directs the influences within our life. It's the, it's the part of us that deliberately chooses a course of action. So one of the things that we can choose to do, the willingness to yield, is something that we have to get in part of our spirit, part of our soul, in order for us to develop meekness. You know, it was, you know, some people are very stubborn. Very stubborn. I'm one of them. I, I remember. I had a goal, and the goal was to fix the boat. And um, the boat wasn't going to whatever it was. And uh, I was working on it with, with Matt. Where are you, Matt? Down there. <laughs> We're working on this, Matt. We're trying to solve this problem. And I got stubborn in my thinking. I just thought it was, had to be this way to fix it. This is what I think the problem is. And Matt was saying, ah, I'm pretty sure this is the problem. And I just resisted. And it got to the point where Matt said to me, he said, why won't you just listen? Why are you so fixed on that? Well, why why don't you just trust me on this? (laughs) It was a very good statement, very good question. But it's one of those things, it's like in the parts of our lives, sometimes we get so fixed on how something should be according to the goal. Maybe all of us have a goal, but there's different ways of getting there. But sometimes we get so stubborn in our hearts So pride and prideful and how we think something should work out. It's part of conflict, and it's like sometimes we're in a a relational conflict. We get so caught on what we think should be the outcome. And you get two people, three people, sometimes 300 people at loggerheads about how it should be, how do we get to that. You all know what I'm talking about. I see some little pokes going, oh, yeah, you need to listen to that guy. Brother knows what he's talking about. It wasn't until I had to yield to Matt and say, well, Matt, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Then the problem was solved. But what it does show is how stubborn and how arrogant we can get sometimes. If I can get like that, over a cable and a boat. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> <laughs> Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I know it's kind of getting the end of the day, but... Uh, okay. It's such a profound thing, but one of the things I really would love for you to do is just take some time this week to start to reflect on this. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Where are you just so stubborn? What do you need to let go of in order to attain the promises that God has for you? Paul must have had the similar thing. One of the things that made Paul such a great man was the willingness to let go. It's the willingness to yield. We're we'll going to unpack this a little bit more over the weeks, but I encourage you to come with an open heart. One of the first things we do as a Christian is what? We've got to come to, our, come to a place in life where we say, Lord, I've, my life is broken. I've tried so hard to make myself righteous. I've tried so hard to fix myself. Becoming a Christian, we have first of all got to yield to the fact that I've got it wrong. <laughs> Let go of your stubbornness. Let go of your hard heart. Let go of your hard head. And to yield to God. There's no other way, first of all, that you can be saved. There's no other way. If there was another way, We would all know about it, but there's not. The very same principle, the same value, a spirit that is willing to yield. We've got to yield to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to us. How does he speak to us? Uh, Sometimes he's a voice from heaven, but most of the time for me, somebody around me speaking. You don't know do you think you are? Uh, you know, one of the things in conflict, when people find themselves in a place of conflict, you know, as a pastor, you know how many times I hear the word, God told me. God told me this. God told me that. God, you know, God told me. Let me ask you, is that reflective of, a spirit, uh, of somebody that's got a, a spirit willing to yield? not really I know when I had the amazing privilege of walking with my fa- father for so long and, and I know at times when he's been faced with conflict and a lot of people see him as a strong man and one of the greatest strengths I've seen in his life is to be able to say whatever you have to yield to one the Holy Spirit working in his life number two yielding to people speaking in and shaping today I'm so grateful for the people that have spoken into my life and helped shape me I'm so grateful that some people were had to beat a few times it could have been so much easier if I just had a spirit that was willing to yield where in your life today are you stubborn where are you trying to hold on we're trying to save. The only thing we've got to lose is our pride. Friends, this morning, God has got so much for you. God has got an inheritance for you on earth. And he's promised that the meek would inherit. But in order to be meek, we've got to have a spirit that is willing to yield. The more that you can let go, the more you can grow in faith. What this morning are you fighting with? Are you wrestling with? Is, is there something in your, what, your marriage? Is there something in your heart? Is there something in your mind? Is there, some, is, there, is there an area of relationship that you are just contending with? Where do you need to let go? You don't have to agree, but it's by saying, I don't agree, but yet I'm willing to yield. For me, I'm, I'm also in that place where I wanted to grow, but I know that in order for me to grow into what God has for me, it means I have to have a spirit that's willing to yield. And I know what it's like to react. I mean, even just the other week, you know, my dad's speaking to me and speaking into my life, and even then I have a response. I could either react by saying, hey, I'm the boss now. <laughs> He would just say, I'm your father, son. Yeah. <laughs> kind of settles everything. <laughs> but I know that God has got greater things for me. I know that God's got greater things for you. Yes. Yes. My choice is this I know that God wants to grow me, but He's going to use conflict, He's going to use situations to help me. The question is will I be willing to yield? Will I be willing to yield to the people around me? I mean, I love and respect my mum and dad, and I do want to make sure that I keep a heart that is willing to be spoken into and shaped. Even hey, with my wife. Yes, I'm, I know those verses, your husband is the head of the house and all that sort of stuff. But when your wife brings up something to you, will you be willing to yield to listen? Do you have a spirit that is willing to yield, friends? This here is the core component. Did I have a snort there? Was it you, Brighton? Oh, three of them sniggering away there. My goodness! I wonder who it is that's trying. How God? Who is it that God's trying to speak through to shape you? What do you have to let go of? What is God speaking to you about letting go of? Your ideas about church, your ideas about God, ideas about your wife, ideas about your people. What is it? I ask today and I pray the Holy Spirit will just speak to you. And give us the courage. One of our core values as a church is what? The discipline to listen. Sometimes that just means to yield. Yield up my ideas and just listen. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for every person here this morning. I thank you, Lord, for the wonderful inheritance, the inheritances that you have for us. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would speak to us afresh in those parts of our life, those parts of our mind, the parts of our soul, our emotions, our affections, things that we're holding on to, Lord. I pray today that you would help us to develop a spirit that is willing to yield. That we would grow in faith and that we would come closer to you. That we would receive the inheritances that you have for our lives, in Jesus' name. Lord, I just bless every every family, every person represented here today. Lord, I pray that you would help us to soften our hearts, that you would we repent, Lord, when we've hardened our hearts and hardened our minds. We tried to harden up to make ourselves tougher. Lord, we just let go of that today and ask Holy Spirit that you'd come, that you'd shape us, that you'd mold us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One of the first things that you could do if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you may Right now, I'd say, Lord, I yield my heart to you. That's the first step of your growth. And if that's you this morning, I'd love for you to come up the front after. we were just going to close now. And I'd love to help you and show you how you can come to Jesus Christ. Let's just stand and let's just sing one more time. Let's this week become conscious of whether we have a spirit that is willing to yield or whether we're all going to harden up in our hearts the Holy Spirit to soften your heart this morning. Amen. Amen. Maker of the heavens, Jesus.